Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Jan E. Patterson, and she's an integrative medicine doc and an infectious diseases physician who has practiced and taught medicine for more than 30 years. She trained at the University of Texas Vanderbilt, Yale, and the Andrew Wells Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Arizona. She believes in using all the tools in her toolbox for better health and works to integrate holistic therapies with conventional ones. Welcome, Jan. Thank you, Dr. Lanka. It's nice to be here. Well, it's so nice to have you. I can't tell you how much I looked forward to this meeting today. Now, you know, I'm going to ask you a, a bit of a question from left field, and that is, you know, I trained in infectious diseases, and, you know, they have very stringent criteria for doing things. I mean, uh, they are very strict in everything and, you know, cultures and everything else. Yet there's this field of integrative medicine that's sort of woo-woo. It's sort of out there. It's sort of, uh, you know, it verges on uh, some practices that some doctors would reject. How have you gotten from the strict field of infectious diseases into integrative medicine? Well, so let me tell you my story of how I got there. Um, you know, I grew up just outside the city limits in Fort Worth, Texas, and where I learned to milk goats and grow vegetables. And I think this contributed to my interest in natural products. And so that affected me later in life. I saw some consequences of inadequate medical care and people close to me, and I wanted a chance to learn about and provide good medical care. So I did my training at those places you mentioned. And my husband, who's also an infectious disease physician, he and I spent some time on the faculty at Yale after we finished our infectious disease training there. And then we came to uh, UT Health San Antonio, where we've been for almost 30 years now. So I've been involved in various aspects of medicine, patient care, research, education, administration, and also healthcare improvement. And then my journey into integrative medicine started by learning to use essential oils. And I realized their benefit in me and others, and I wanted to learn more about holistic therapies. So I trained in integrative medicine uh, at the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine at University of Arizona. And, you know, that's where I learned that there's really an evidence base for these things, uh, that the fellowship is very good about, you know, looking at the evidence. Uh, it just doesn't get publicized as much. You know, there's not big pharma behind it. So but there is a lot of evidence for simple yet effective measures that use breath work, movement, nutrition, spirit, including meditation and mindfulness in improving our health. And so, uh, you know, I've benefited from these. I've seen other people benefit. And so now I spend my time, uh, much of my time, integrating these holistic therapies with conventional medicine. 
And, you know, these can go a long way in supporting our mental wellness, which helps to prevent burnout. You know, many of my coworkers became burned out during the COVID pandemic, and we lost a substantial number of people. So mental wellness is important to help us avoid burnout. And on a very personal level, um, I lost my younger son to mental illness and suicide about 10 years ago. So helping others achieve and maintain wellness is very important to me. And of course, I've had my own grief journey to deal with, and that's led to my own personal experience, as well as these observations from years of medical, from patient care that have shown me that more than conventional medicine is needed to relieve things like stress, anxiety, depression, and grief. Can, so, can you, you know, can you share with us your own grief journey, Jan. The reason I'm asking is not to pry, but there's other people that are on this journey. And if you could share even a little bit of it, it might help people out there. My grief journey, you mean? Yes. Okay. So, you know, of course, this was a very devastating, um, unexpected, sudden loss of a child, uh, my 18 year old son. And, um, that's, you know, um, a parent's worst nightmare is losing a child. You know, we all feel responsible for our children, uh, whether or not we have something to do or are responsible for their death. You know, we feel responsible because we're their parents, you know, and as soon as they're born, you know, we feel like we are supposed to take care of them. Um, and I would say, you know, in the early days, uh, it was my faith um, because I uh, I have a Christian faith. And so there's the hope that I will see my son again. And so that that hope was very important to me. My faith and my family and many friends who stood by me that, you know, strengthened me initially. And, uh, you know, probably the hardest part was uh, after the memorial service when everybody else went about their lives. Uh, and we still had to deal with that incredible loss that had changed us forever. Um, and the resources I found then that helped me the most were, you know, there were a couple of friends who would listen and not give me advice, just listen. And would uh, they had known my son and they would talk about my son. And that was very therapeutic for me. And again, my faith and, and my spiritual journey uh, helped uh, support me. And certainly early on, uh, somebody gave me some advice about, you know, lean on God, lean on others and just do the next thing. And so in the early days, uh, that's what I did. And I also found that one of the most important things was meaningful work. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate to have meaningful work and uh, the work I was doing in healthcare, and, and in particular at that time, I was working on healthcare improvement and making healthcare better, as well as doing patient care. And uh, that gave me a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and uh, so that that work, that meaningful work was also something that was very helpful to me. And, um, you know, it's it's been 10 years now. And uh, I would say, you know, that um, you don't get over a loss like that, but you just learn to live with it, you know, uh, day by day, month by month, year by year. You know, it changes over time. Um, and, uh, you know, there, it's not like I'm really over it and have forgotten about it, but I can, I can look back and I can have, you know, happy memories of my son. Um, and I, you know, there's a, there's a saying that, um, you know, those that we have loved and lost, they are not where they were, but they are where we are. 
And yeah. so, um, you know, I feel like that about my son. I feel like he's with us. You know, we do things to remember him at Christmas. We still hang his stocking. We, you know, we light a candle for him. Um, so we still remember him. And yeah, it's, I can it's understand that, Jan, completely. You know, uh, on this show, I, I deal with a lot of grief and, and people that have gone through grief. And just the other day, I talked to a lady who lost her son. And she said, I had a hard time dealing with it. But then I realized that he died and his death is has meaning because it's to prevent others from dying. And he had died from an overdose. So he literally, she went, she now talks to groups about mental health and talks to people about overdoses and talks to people about all this. And she's made it a mission in her life to really change people's attitudes towards mental illness and, and to even go to Congress to deal with this, this terrible situation of fentanyl that's going on right now and how people are overdosing like crazy because of it. So literally she has changed the paradigm. She's using the death of her son as something to help others. So others don't have to die. So, it, it, you know, all these things, unfortunately, are not pleasant. We always expect we're going to go before our children. But if we can use those to help move forward and help to power us forward, it's a better situation. Yes. And I that's one of my big motivations for uh, helping people with mental wellness and dealing with things like grief. Um, so, and using some of these simple yet effective measures, that is something that conventional medicine cannot do. And, uh, you know, I found that, uh, it really came from within myself, you know, uh, it wasn't conventional medicine. It wasn't other people, but it was finding, uh, you know, strength and character within myself, uh, to move along with this grief journey. And it's very meaningful to help others now with mental wellness. Great. Jan, you wrote a book called Breath for the Soul, in which you go into some of these methods. And, and one of your methods is let's take a breath. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, our breathing is involuntary. We do it without thinking, but it's also voluntary. We have control over it. So breathing more deeply, slowly, regularly, that tells our body that we can change from a stress response to a relaxation response. It helps us calm ourselves, think more clearly, act more rationally, treat people more kindly. And we share some specific uh, breath exercises in the book that can help even more. Um, but the main idea is that uh, taking deep, slow, regular breaths can really change uh, our response and from a stress response to a relaxation response. So this is something that's very helpful in dealing with stress and dealing with anxiety. And also I wish I'd known about intentional breathing and in my ac acute grief uh, response, because I think that would have helped me a lot then, you know, sometimes it was just hard to breathe in that situation. So intentional breathing can be very helpful to us. Yeah, one of the techniques I teach people in my course is what's called square breathing, mm -hmm. where you breathe in to the count of five, you hold it to the count of five, and breathe out to the count of five. That's what Marines are taught when they're in the field of battle to control their anxiety and stress so that they can move forward. Do you teach something like that as well? Yes, we do. We've called it box breathing. And uh, we've used it in patients in the hospital. Um, 
Uh, specifically, I remember uh, there was a post-lung transplant patient who was very anxious, uh, and he'd had a number of medications and a number of attempts to, uh, attempts to calm him down. And uh, our integrative medicine nurse went in and did Brock's breathing with him, and that's what helped him. That's what helped him calm down and become less anxious. So, uh, yes, I, I think that's a very valuable tool. Your next step is moving away from stress. What do you mean by that? Well, movement is a very important part of helping us deal with all these things. There's actually a lot of evidence that uh, movement helps not only our physical body, but also our mental health and our emotional wellness. And people can choose uh, moderate movement or vigorous movement. I personally like, you know, vigorous aerobic movement like running, uh, cycling. Um, but, you know, others may like more moderate movement, like just walking or uh, gardening. And then also movement meditations like yoga and Tai Chi are very beneficial. But there is really a lot of evidence that using enjoyable movement can help us move away from stress and help us uh, allay our anxiety. Yeah, I, I advocate that every day people should do something to produce sweat. Now, I, I'm not very good at that. So at least two or three times a week, I do something to produce sweat. And it really helps you with your mental health. It helps you with your whole being and helps you with, with moving forward. Yes, I agree. And uh, it, there's also a lot of evidence that it helps with relieving depression as well. So, um, so movement is very important to us. Step three, stress eating. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, our, our nutrition is also a very important part of our mental health. And that's not something that people think about a lot. But in particular, stress eating, you know, when we uh, we eat those comfort foods that are high carbs, refined sugars, and those give us an immediate good feeling. But then, uh, you know, we get an insulin overload and our blood sugar falls and it's kind of a vicious cycle. Of we want to eat those things again. So, um, you know, one of the things, two of the uh, lifestyles that have been shown to be helpful for mental health are the Mediterranean diet and Dr. Weil's anti-inflammatory diet. And both of these emphasize plant-based eating. Doesn't mean that you cannot eat meats, but just eat more plants, uh, which are anti-inflammatory foods, vegetables, fruits, healthy fats like omega-3s and olive oil. And these eating patterns have been shown to help with mental wellness as well as physical wellness. And so we go into a lot of evidence about that in the book. Okay, let's go to step four now. Spirit connections. What the heck is that? Well, there's a lot of evidence that spirituality really awakens our brain. And what I mean by spirituality is a sense of interconnectedness with other people and a sense of a higher being. So it can be expressed through faith, uh, through nature, through service or the arts. It doesn't have to be expressed through faith and religion. That's, you know, my spirituality invo involves faith, uh, but you can experience spirituality through these other things. But acknowledging this and practicing it is part of our whole person, uh, you know, connecting with other people. Um, and that's one of the reasons why my co-author, Phyllis Clark Nichols, writes, in spirit writes uh, spiritual inspirational responses in the book to all of these other measures to increase our spiritual wellness uh, awareness of how to deal with the difficulties in life. 
Okay. I, I, I am a Catholic and a Christian as well. And, and I know that this is something that is very important. They say that a practicing Christian never has committed suicide. And, and I mean, it's practicing. And if you bring it into your daily life, that faith pulls you through the moments of despair, like when your son died. Yes, so that was uh, that was something that I relied on a great deal was my faith uh, when my son died. You know, at this Christmas, we are celebrating uh, my family and my father-in-law passed away two years ago because of COVID on New Year's Eve. Mm, so sorry. we certainly bring that into the thing. And my father-in-law was French Canadian and Catholic. So we make sure that's incorporated into all our rituals and everything else. And unfortunately, my sister-in-law passed away from suicide uh, mm. several years ago. Uh, sad story. She uh, survived breast cancer, but then her husband had a massive stroke and being the only caregiver, she got burnt out and got to a state of despair that she couldn't pull herself from. Mm-hmm. But we remember that and use our faith to pull us through those moments. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to the last step, which is putting self-care steps to peace into practice. Elaborate on that. Well, so it's really putting all of these things together. I mean, many times we focus on just one self-care practice, for instance, you know, movement or exercise or nutrition, but because we are a whole person, you know, body, mind, and spirit, it really takes all of these things for self-care. And the good part is that we can, all of us can be empowered to do these things. They're simple things uh, that are also effective. So putting it all together just means that, um, you know, we remember all the, all of these aspects for things we can do. And in terms of the spiritual realm, you know, practicing mindfulness, uh, meditation can help us with that. Uh, but practicing mindfulness, you know, and being present in the moment, not ruminating about what happened yesterday, not worrying about what will happen tomorrow, but just being present in the moment. So, you know, using all of those things uh, is putting is what's putting it all together because we are a whole person. That's good. Can, okay. We're getting close toward the end of our time together now, Jan. And I always love to act, exit the show with two questions. Jan Patterson, how do you live a fantastic life? I ask this because this is how to live a fantastic life show. Yes. Well, I mean, for me, my spirituality is uh, probably first and foremost, you know, my faith, meditation, connections with others. Uh, family and friends. Uh, meaningful work is extremely uh, important to me, and I've been very fortunate to have meaningful work in healthcare. And my specific field of interest has changed over time, and I think it's important to listen to that. If if your meaningful work is changing over time, to be led to do what you want to do, if that's something different. Um, and also for me, you know, exercise is very beneficial and nutrition, you know, plant-based, less refined sugar. I always feel better and do better when I'm eating like that. So all of those things are, are how uh, I live a fantastic life. Okay. There are millions of listeners to this show out there. How do you recommend they live a fantastic life? 
Well, I would say, uh, you know, meaningful work, uh, whether or not you're employed or working outside the home. Uh, you know, I think it was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, uh, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. So typically meaningful work involves some type of service, some type of helping other people. And if you can find a way to do that, that, that gives a lot of meaning to your life. I would also say pay attention to spirituality, whatever that is for you, whether it's faith, religion, nature, or the arts, and use that sense of interconnectedness with others and that belief in a higher being, you know, for hope and spirituality. And then also to stay active and to pay attention to nutrition. I think, you know, we've gotten uh, the standard American diet has has just been very easy for us to do, but that's failed us. And we need to focus more on eating, eating more plants uh, and less refined sugar. Yeah, I think those are very important. And, you know, I tend to not have the perfect diet, but I've gotten better after the years. And one of the things I've learned is eat your veggies first. And if you eat your veggies first, guess what? Your stomach gets filled up before your, your stomach gets filled up of the other things. So it's much better to eat your veggies first. So if you can't do anything else, remember that everybody else. Eat your veggies first when you're eating a meal. Yeah, and the evidence is that, you know, you don't have to make drastic changes in your diet. Just, uh, you know, including some of these healthy things and a little less of those unhealthy things can make a big difference in terms of your mental as well as physical health. Yeah, I think that's important. Jan, this has been a great show. And I want you to elaborate on some of the things in wellness medicine that people can take home with them today and put in their practices so that people will have a better 2023 and beyond? Well, I think remember intentional breathing, um, you know, at times of stress, uh, I, I use breath work when I get stuck in traffic and I'm getting stressed over that. Or if I if I'm stressed or angry about something at work, I use intentional breathing, you know, breathing more deeply, slowly. That's very beneficial in terms of, you know, uh, changing to the relaxation response from the stress response. And then also I would say, you know, spirituality and mindfulness are very important things. We tend to overlook them in our fast paced world, but spending some time in meditation, uh, you know, even just five minutes, either at the beginning or end of your day, I think can do a lot in terms of uh, helping us think more clearly. You know, this show has been very serious, uh, Jan, and I know you're smiling throughout the show for anybody who's not listening to it. And I bet you, you have a sense of humor and that laughter is part of your regular day as well. So what makes you laugh the most and how do you incorporate that into wellness? Well, I think that um, you can find the humor in most anything, uh, and I I like to uh, find humor in my everyday life, and uh, you know share uh, share hum uh, humor with the other people I work with, and also my husband has a very good sense of humor, so that also helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I was talking to a guest the other day who does voiceovers and so on. And I, I brought up the fact that as we get older, one of the best things we could laugh about is ourselves. And he pointed out, yeah, there's lots to laugh at there. 
That's true. We, I, I think that, you know, it's important not to take ourselves too seriously uh, and to be uh, part of being humble, I think, is being able to laugh at ourselves. So that's yeah, that's important. And, and I, I think that's important. Now, I'm going to throw a tough question at you, Jen, and that's if you met a younger version of yourself on the street, knowing what you know now, what would you tell them? You know, I would say um, that um, a lot of unexpected things can happen in life. Life is going to throw you a lot of curveballs um, and your faith and your family and your friends are going to see you through it. That is beautiful, Jan. And I want everybody to take that home. Remember, it, I, I read a beautiful book this year, and it was a book called Ask, and it's written by Mark Victor Hansen and this amazing wife, Crystal. And the book basically says the solution for most of your problems is asking. And, and who do you ask? The answer is everybody. You ask your friends, you ask your family, you ask God. And the answer is always there. And if you keep asking, the answer is there. So remember, ask. And, and if you haven't read that book, do yourself a favor and read it because it is full of wisdom. Yes. And, and I think that is part of using our spirituality, you know, our connection with others and with our higher being is, is that connection of uh, asking and uh, seeking from uh, others. Yeah, I, I'm a member of Rotary, and we support several missions in Ecuador, in Cuenca, and the last couple of years have been hard because of COVID, and we support a group that goes there to treat cataracts, and there wasn't any money, so one of our members just went around and asked everybody, and amazingly how the money materialized, you know, there's money out there if you ask for it, you just have to ask the right people. And how do you know who that is? Well, you ask everybody. <laughs> yeah. Use all your resources. Exactly. Jan, I can't tell you how much I loved having you on your show today. Can you tell people how they can get in touch with your world and maybe buy your book? Yes. Yeah, so my website is drjanpatterson.com. And that'll can tell you. Can you spell more. that? Because Patterson is spelled sometimes with one T, two T's, et cetera. Yes, that's Patterson with two T's. So it's uh, Dr. Jan, J-A-N, Patterson, P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N.com. That'll tell you more about me and also about our book, uh, Breath for the Soul, which you can find on Amazon or BN.com. Jan, thank you so much. It was truly a pleasure to have you. And thank you for all the golden pearls you shared with us. Thank you, Dr. Laika. It was a pleasure for me too. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want more golden pearls, go to my website and sign up and I'll send you a golden pearl each and every week that is guaranteed to transform your life if you let it. And also sign up because I'll be sharing information of some of the amazing projects I'm bringing out in 2023. Bye for now and have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.